Hello and welcome to Case Reopen. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the lovely Colleen. Today we're covering episode 181 of Detective Cone, The Nocturne of Red Murder's Intent Part 2. This originally aired February 21st, 2000. So Colleen, we're a week removed from Valentine's Day, and we're going to get a love-filled episode that uh, is about a relationship gone awry. Yeah, a tragic love story, if you will. So the Conan's hint for this episode was wine. What's your favorite wine, Colleen? Are you a white wine connoisseur, or what do you drink? I don't drink wine, so my uh, my wine knowledge is pretty non-existent. Well, just pick a color. Come on, Colleen. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't I'm gonna know. say something like blue oh okay i like the blue wine oh there actually is Why, blue what's wine. your favorite wine blue wine is fermented <laughs> from a combination of red grapes and white grapes with pigments and sweeteners added that seems fake i'm not counting it that sounds like uh what's it called rosé is yeah, it rosé like a... a mix of red and white i don't know i don't drink wine I'm just just here to rosé, a type of wine that incorporates some of the color from grape skins, but not enough to qualify it as red wine. It may be the oldest known type of wine, as it is the most straightforward to make with the skin contact method. The paint color can range from a pale onion skin orange to a vivid near purple. Wow, I thought rosé was literally when you mix red and white wine together. No, you... Swine, you uncultured swine. Do you know that oh, in French it's called rose, but in Portuguese and English speaking countries, oh, never, I messed up my thing. So it's called rose in French, Portuguese, and English speaking countries, but in Spanish it's risotto, and in Italian it's risotto. We love uh-huh. wine here. Okay, not to be mistaken with the 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 like rice dish. That sounds very similar. Risotto, I guess. Is anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning go. a lot. <laughs> about yeah, so you never stuff know where. That I don't even drink. <laughs> case reopen goes. So, uh, to introduce the episode, kind of says the flowers speak of the dark secrets within. The song and the murderous intent both go beyond time. Does it go beyond time? I think it goes ten years. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> goes into the past. Kind of notices that Tenma is holding a two. Oh yeah, I guess we should set this up. Um, since people may have forgotten since last week, so our boy Jalal died. He got a big sword, uh, put through him as he went to the piano. So that's what happened. Rest in peace, Jalal. Yeah, so, Jalal. So two things. <laughs> okay, I I had meant to tell you. We made a big deal of his name being Jalal the last time when we covered part one, but I actually read the wiki today and realized that his name is Gerard. <laughs> and that no, would make so Jalal. much more sense because that's an actually that's an actual French name. <laughs> yeah, but he definitely didn't say Gerald. They weren't saying Gerald No, it's like Gerard. It's like Gerard. <laughs> 
They were going, Jalaa! I'm going with the perfectly fine subs that are widely available. Are you telling me that these subs in the name Jalal wasn't correct? Uh, I mean, we'll we'll go with Jalal if you prefer that, but yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Imagine that the subs might actually not be right. We'll have to agree to disagree. I'm taking the subs over Detecticon <laughs> Wiki here. I'm a I'm team. Okay, so let us know on Twitter. Are you team Jalal <laughs> or are you team Gerald? This is the war that's gonna Gerard. split the podcast. I I cannot work with this team Gerald woman anymore. <laughs> Everybody knows it's team Jalal. So, the episode begins with Conan noticing that Tenma is holding a tuning fork, and he notices marks on it. Then notes the odd placement for the piano's chair as it was stuck under the sofa. Kegro picks Conan up and tells everybody to go to the waiting area. That's when we see Michelle Anglade uh, mourning the death of Jalal, not Gerald. And uh, he begins to cry. He says, Jalal, I miss oh, you, Jalal. So sad. He doesn't say, I miss you, Gerald. What? what? Huh. How do you say it like that? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it really sounds like it. And when uh, Kogro says his name. <laughs> Gerard. So, I don't blame the suburbs for thinking it's Jalal. Jalal. And well, not Jalal's not a name. The they made up this shit. Right. <laughs> Alright, so... Kegro asks Yoshinori Kana if he killed Tenma, but uh, the business owner denies it. He says, I was here in the meeting room when it happened. Tenma ignored me and went up to the piano alone. When I was about to take a seat, I heard a thud and a scream, so I went to take a look, and that's when I found Tenma dead. Kegro notes that everybody else was downstairs during this time, and even his brother Hideki believes Yoshinori did it. Masayo says that it looks like the Kana family is finished now and says it really is disappointing. And then she's like, so who's going to be running the Kana amusement group next? Uh, I can do it. So she's eyeing a promotion here. No, she didn't. Kegura then asks if Yoshinori saw the culprit, but he says nobody was there. So, I mean, it's Conan, so you feel like there always has to be ten twists. But uh, did you ever think Yoshinori might have actually done it here? Um, I don't think so. Like, I wasn't uh, feeling like any... I guess he was slightly jealous. I don't even remember from the first part if he was jealous or not, but no. I I was kind of... Uh, I had stronger feelings towards who actually ended up being the culprit. Like, I, my, my thought, my thoughts were going in that direction. Yeah, and also if he did do it, he has a really shitty plan. His his defense is, I didn't do it. You know, if you were actually going to do it, you probably would have a greater defense plan there. Well, the culprit wasn't any better. The culprit was there. You're like, not wrong. Well, do you have proof? Instead of saying, you know, no, it's not me. Kind of mentions that the piano lid was closed earlier and asks if Jalal opened it. Unglawed <laughs> says uh, that wouldn't be necessary due to the size of the room. Yoshinori remembers that the lid had been already opened when Tenma went inside. 
Kimura then hypothesizes that it was raised so that nobody could see the moment of the murder. Koga was, like, shockingly adept during this episode. He had, like, proper deductions for once. It was nice. I actually thought that we were not going to see sleeping Kogoro in this episode with the way things were going. And Conan was like in his head, you know, giving him props too. So I thought, okay, maybe this is just going to be like a Kogoro episode. I was wrong. The police arrive and Megari says that while the windows were open, the ocean is beneath it and it'd be hard to dodge the rocks below. Conan notices a mark on the windowsill and says it was scratched by a thread. He remembers the same marks where Misaki was attacked. Yoshinori says that if you used the rope, it would be possible to get down, but Megari doubts they would have had the time to escape that way. Kenny then notices that the sword mark left on the floor is perpendicular. He realizes the sword was dropped from above, and he looks at the chandelier. He then climbs to the second floor of the room, and he notices that the small chandelier is higher than the big one. Kind of remembers it being lower earlier and then spots another mark. So clearly, um, what a way to go out though. Like just a sword dropping from above you and just piercing you. That would suck. It's super dramatic. Yeah, it does suck. And poor, like poor Tenma, like I said last time, I don't think he said one You gotta say his name. Say his name. (laughs) Gerard. Terrible. I'm just going with Tenma. <laughs> yeah, he was like the most likely suspect, but then he gets murdered. So you're just like, okay, where do we go from here? The most likely suspect of the stalking case, I mean. Yeah, so Conan spots the chain that lowers and raises the chandelier. Then he finds a box with no dust on the bookshelf inside. It says Nocturne of Red Love to Misaki from Tenma Jr. Sure. So that reveals that Tenma wrote the song for Misaki, which was kind of like no shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never saw that coming. They played this up as a big reveal, and I was like, well, obviously. Kenny then notices something on the piano, and he finds a red substance on it, uh, both on the lid and inside the piano. Kenny then goes to Detective Kobayashi, who we haven't seen in a while, the... uh, the, the the police officer that looks like a junkie that uh always has stubble. <laughs> he's, he's pretty scruffy. And he he's like, "Hey, Megary wants you to go find Beethoven in the ocean." And he's he's like, "Brother, I've been looking for the dragon all over this place. I guess I'll look for that too." <laughs> can we? Okay, can I take a minute to say, you know, it's great that we're seeing Kobayashi get some screen time. Uh, and he ends up being pretty funny in this episode, so, like, they did a good job with him. But why in the world would you have Takagi there? Takagi did not say a single thing. He didn't do anything. He just followed Megari around. And Megari had Kobayashi do A all great of- use of Takagi. <laughs> Kobayashi totally did what Takagi usually does in these episodes, so I wonder why they even bothered with Takagi. Anyways, that's it is really strange. rant for the episode. Yeah, it is a strange usage. But I like seeing a, 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 I like seeing Kebayashi there. Yeah, that was fun. Megari tells Yoshinori that they'd like to take him into the uh that they'd like to take him in for further questioning. 
Conan then finds the crumb of rock that he saw earlier and sees that it fits in the outside decoration. Conan then figures out the culprit. Were you, uh, so you were thinking it was the wife here? Yeah. How about you? Well, you know, women murder, so it was down to two. <laughs> oh, of course. And in the, uh, the, uh, the, like, woman all in black seemed too mean. So, she, like, she seemed too obvious. So, yeah, it seemed like the wife. As Megary is talking to the suspects, a very wet hooded figure enters the door that looks like the criminal from earlier. Ron yells that that's the man that attacked Misaki earlier. But instead of, like, a shocking arrest or battle, uh, we just get Kobayashi sneezing. And that's when he reveals that he's holding a sculpture. So he found Beethoven. Good for him. <laughs> he even made Beethoven look like he was sneezing. It's quite comical. I'm surprised Beethoven was able to take that fall and didn't get more damaged. Yeah, he's obviously made of something really hard, I guess. And, like, I don't know how heavy that thing is, too. Because Kobayashi's just kind of, like, holding it like it's no big deal. Yeah, Kobayashi tells Megari that he found the sculpture at the stairs below. And Megari's like, what sculpture? I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> I love this. Cannon figures out that his jig's up, so he distracts everybody. And he's like, look at these marks at the balcony. <laughs> Kagura then steps on the crumb, and Conan finds fishing line. Kabayashi then shows him a stick with fishing line attached to it that he found. Kagura puts it all together, and he says the mark was left behind by some fishing line. It's so nice when Conan, or when Kagura just makes a basic deduction. Like, the bar is so low for him, <laughs> but I'm just so proud. I'm like, go, Kagura. Yeah, it's just like, tap, tap, Kagura on the head. You've done well. But really, like, what would these people do without Conan? Because he just keeps, like, I mean, he does this often, but for some reason I felt it more in this episode. He's just like, hey, look, everybody. Isn't this fishing line? Hey, look at this. Like, oh, go find the statue. Like, would Megari ever ask Kobayashi to go find the statue? Exactly. Conan shows a spy cam photo with Beethoven in it, and Kogoro says he's figured out the trick of the caped phantom. He says the stick fits in between two bars, and they notice where the crumb initially was. They then go to the next balcony to test his theory using a fishing pole. Uh, I'm not, I didn't even try to <laughs> write this one out. It was a very complex string trick. Oh, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> all over the place. And during the test, he gets Megary to lend him his coat to uh, act as the hooded phantom. And Kobayashi pretends to fight with the dummy. <laughs> It looks just like the attack from before, and Kagura says it tells Kobayashi to pull the thread, and that's when the figure goes flying down below after Kobayashi lets go of the thread. Megari is impressed by the trick, and he's like, that's amazing. And then he notices that his coat just flew into the ocean, and he goes, <laughs> my coat! That's the true devastating part of this episode. This was legitimately funny. It, it was so funny. I couldn't, also, I couldn't help but laugh when Kobayashi was fighting the dummy and he was actually like yelling, Help me. And I was like, Why? <laughs> why? Like, is it necessary for this demonstration that you do that? Well, you gotta put your all into it. You can't have a half assed recreation. <laughs> yeah, Kobayashi's like, oh, They finally brought me onto a case. I need to make it worth their while. 
Kegger explains that Misaki faked the attack and that she entered the room after allowing the breaker in the hallway. She then locked the door and screamed. She admits to that and says it's no wonder that Kegger is a famous detective. However, she says the intimidation and threat letters are for real. Megari says this has no connection to the murder, so he says, Yoshinori, you're coming with us. So I like how we figure out that she's this manipulative, really crafty woman that faked this entire thing, and, and, and Megari's like, well, this has nothing to do with the case. Let's move on. <laughs> it has everything to do with it, Megari. As they exit, Conan screams from the piano room. Kogar runs into the room, and he's like, Conan, where are you? And that's when Conan knocks him out. What a dick Conan is. Okay, Kogar is actually being very adept here. He's following all your hints. Why not let him try to figure out the damn case? Yeah, and Kogar actually showed some concern for Conan. He ran into that room and was worried. And what does Conan do to repay him? <laughs> so Yeah, yeah he gives him brain bad. damage. Kogar doesn't have his moment. <laughs> right, again and again. So after getting knocked out, sleeping Kogura tells Megari to pause the transfer as he knows he committed the murder. He brings up the sword mark, the balcony beam, and the tuning fork. All these clues put together explain the true trap that was placed. Kogura says the chandelier is the final point that connects it all together, as the sword hung from the chandelier and then fell in a straight line upon Tenma. Poor Jalal. Poor Gerard. Megary says that if he stood under the sword, should it have fallen upon his head or his shoulders? Kogar says that Tenma was bent over, and that the key to the mystery is the tuning fork in the piano chair. The chair had fallen beside the piano, and the tuning fork was there as well. He bent down to pick it up, and that is when the sword dropped. So I guess the lesson here, Colleen, is never tune your musical instruments. Yeah, what's the point? You're just going to get killed. Gerard should have been able to do that uh, just by ear, too. So, tisk tisk. This doesn't seem like a great, like, uh, murder trick, too. Because if he had just picked up the chair first, rather than going for the tuning fork, like, the, uh, the sword would have still dropped, but it would have missed him. Like, this wasn't, like, some fail-safe thing. Like, he could have easily just, like, moved the chair first, like, and bent it in a different direction. I don't know. This seemed yeah, kind of wonky. No, no, I'm with you. I, I'm totally with you there. And he could have, like, if he had done that, lifted the chair, picked up the tuning fork, there was a slight chance he might have noticed the fishing line. Maybe not. It's pretty invisible to, uh, in, like, but anyways, I feel like, there was too much of a risk that it wouldn't work. <laughs> and, like, you talking just made me realize it. How stupid is it that we say invisible to the naked eye? Like, I, aren't eyes always naked? You were about to say it. You didn't say it. But, like, what a dumb saying that is, right? Yeah. That's why I was like, please don't say it. Please don't come out of my mouth. Because I agree. It's a, it's a weird, uh, what is it, an idiom, a saying? I don't know. I guess, like, are is that in contrast to, like, using a microscope or... Yeah, yeah, they're trying to say, like... Magnifying... Yeah, or a telescope, yeah, yeah. But still, I don't think I'd refer to my regular eyesight as naked. That seems stupid. How about natural eye? How about invisible to the natural natural. eye? I don't know. 
Or just Did to the eye. <laughs> I don't know. There has to be a better way than We're nature. changing things. <laughs> so the trick uses a long thread that hangs the sword. Both ends of the thread are then pulled through the center of the chandelier. And the second floor's beam is used as a support. By turning the large sofa and putting one end on the turning fork and the other outside the window, the sword is set to fall whenever Tenma pulls the tuner out from the chair. The thread then gets pulled out from the window and disappears into the ocean. So it is well thought out to where everything gets discarded automatically. So that's convenient. Yeah, I think those are always the clever tricks. I mean, where you get rid of the, the evidence and oftentimes it's something that like the culprit didn't expect is what kind of gives them away so that's basically what happens in this episode too i gotta say like we see how like convoluted and complex this trick is and then we take a look later on when we see when she tried to kill him the first time and it was so rudimentary (laughs) and like simple like how's this the same murder yeah, she had 10 years to practice or, like, read up on what to do. Yeah, I guess. She's like, I'm learning string theory, and then it's just to use string in all these weird murderous ways. Kegara then says that the two tricks are quite similar, and that's when Masaki is then accused of being the culprit. Instead of going to the kitchen earlier, she came to this room and checked the trap. She then raised the chandelier to the very top so the sword wouldn't be noticed and it would have more force. She was like, I can't just stab him. I gotta make sure he's dead dead. <laughs> How cruel, though. <laughs> I, I I feel like the, the, her main purpose in doing that was so the sword wouldn't be noticed. I guess it was just an added bonus that there would be extra force. Like, hopefully she wasn't that cruel. Masaki's response to this is to go, well, I guess you're not a great detective after all. Give me evidence. (laughs) I feel like her first response should have been, no, it wasn't me. (laughs) He then tells her that a stain is left on the lid and inside the piano. Megary checks it and that's when he finds a red liquid. It's not blood, but rather wine. Kagura says the spill occurred when the lid was opened. And it was the culprit that did it. This can be proven as it's the wine that Inglad brought to Japan, which is one of a kind. Inglad tastes the wine. I like how they just have him taste this little <laughs> droplet. I know. Inglad, like, go make sure it's the wine. Go lick this piano crime scene. He's like, okay. Inglad tastes it and he says, oh, this is my wine. I missed your law. <laughs> He's like, I can't waste this perfectly fine wine. It turns out that everybody drank the wine except Misaki, but she had it spilled on her dress by Kogoro. He says it's likely that there was some wine left on her brooch, which later spilled out. Dang, she didn't see that coming. Yeah. She killed Tenma and tried to frame her husband. She even made it so that he discovered the photo of her and Tenma. Hideki can't believe it, and he asked Kogoro to explain the stalker incident. Turns out that she had just planned everything, and the threat phone calls was her using a cell phone that she had in secret. So, geez, women, they just can't be trusted, Colleen. Yeah, I guess we can't. We have 
our own cell phones and we go come up with like fake threats we're so crafty like that yeah you can't believe anything a woman says that's the that's the uh lesson from detective ken so 50 percent of this podcast is a lie as the why she killed tenma the photo was dated just two weeks before her marriage to yoshinori so i guess she was having an affair calling how scandalous okay is that what it was <laughs> Now, I know how great the subtitles are, and thank you to all the subbers out there, but I was a little fuzzy on the details, and I wasn't sure if she was having an affair or if it was like a thing where she didn't... Well, she didn't go on 90 Day Fiancé, Colleen. She didn't just... (laughs) I don't know. They don't really go into this romance all that much. I assumed it was an affair. They don't go into the before the 90 days. So while it seems, uh, so since the song was composed for Misaki, while it seems like a love song at first, the flowers actually represent passion, desolation, hatred, and betrayal. The song was about her betraying Tenma. Misaki then admits the murder, and she says that Tenma told her that he could never part from her ten years ago. That's when she called him to a nearby cliff and pushed him off it. Like, okay, just think of the difference in complexity here. Like, she goes from this giant string contraption to just, I'm gonna push you off this cliff. It's also funny that she decided to move into this big-ass mansion right by a cliff, too. Like, is that her backup plan? She's like, if worse comes to war, if I can throw my husband over this cliff. (laughs) I'll push him again. (laughs) So true. Like, I didn't even notice the cliff... Like, uh, mirroring of the cliffs again, I guess. Never trust a woman that is obsessed with cliffs. (laughs) Don't trust women who call you out to cliffs. Like, it's not going to end well. Yeah, why did he go there in the first place? Did he think it was a romantic place? She was like, come to the cliffs. That's what I'm trying to figure out. According to the Detective Conan Wiki, they were in Hawaii, so I don't know what that what? was all about. They were really they were in Hawaii. Okay, that's a twist. Did they get away? So like, oh, they okay. This is how they have it written. But before meeting Yoshinori, she was actually engaged to Gerard Tenma in Hawaii. So I don't. Maybe the the cliff scene wasn't in Hawaii, but I just assumed. When it the was hell did she go to? They were there together. <laughs> Why is Gerard? I don't know where they got the Hawaii. so <laughs> long. When did she get Hawaii? I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, this just leads more credence that it's Jalal and not Gerard. Because <laughs> they're just inventing shit. Hawaii. Come on. <laughs> this is nonsense. Well, we're just missing details from the subtitles. No way. So she thought that Tenma died, she married Yoshinori, and she later found out that he became famous outside the country. She then decided to destroy the past and get rid of Yoshinori as well. Here's her, here's her logic here. Because if she was caught, she didn't want her husband to get, like, to marry Masayo. But that doesn't make any sense. Like, if she got yeah, caught... Yeah, her motive is really weird. Then, then Yoshi... 
I think it's just bad. So, okay. Now this goes against my Jalal point. Well, I think the subtitle is going to screw this one up. I don't know if, uh, let me check the Detective Conan wiki. Or just her <laughs> line one. of, <laughs> let's go back to the wiki after all that. I just think her line of thinking is weird. Like, I don't want my husband to be taken away by this other woman, so I'm going to put him in jail. Yeah, it says she frames her own husband for Tim's murder to protect him from being seduced by Masayo into giving up his company. <laughs> what? That damn shit don't make no sense. Because it all like that whole idea, like all goes around her getting caught. But it's like, bitch, if if you if you murder this dude, he's not gonna wait. He's not gonna like be like, I'm gonna wait for you, honey. I know you murdered someone and kept this all from me and had a secret engagement, but you're the one I love. Like this, none of this makes sense. <laughs> Stupid. And yeah, she's like, Masayo can't take a man who's in jail, but like, okay. But like, if you are there no visit visiting hours? Like, I don't. Know. Like, what a weird thing. Like, like she had nothing against her husband. I... I don't know. I have no clue what's going on here. The only way this yeah, makes I mean, sense is if they were having they were that having affair. affair. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't address that, and it doesn't seem like... I don't know. I didn't get any sexual tension. I thought they were fucking at first, but I don't think so. I don't know. You don't think there was an affair? No, I don't so know. She was None just, of this makes sense. I don't, I don't think they were getting it on, but I like, obviously Misaki was threatened by, by Masayo for some reason. And I Women guess it was, crazy. like, it had to do with, like, the company, too. Like, Masaya, like, even that comment she made earlier, like, oh, I'll take over the company or whatever. Nonsense. This is nonsense. It sucks that I'm getting hung up on this, because I actually really liked this episode. And I thought this was a pretty good <laughs> case. But, like, this shit makes no sense. <laughs> Alright, so, it turns out that Masaki says she lived in fear that Tenmo is still alive. Anglad says that she doesn't truly understand the song, as when Jalal or Gerald um, <laughs> performed the song You're on in the his Gerard concerts, team now. he would always say, he would always whisper, "To ease the wounded heart of yours." And the new arrangement that he had—remember, they teased that he had new lyrics. They changed the flowers, so the order it went in now was roses, uh, highs east. Gekyujo and Arubo, Arubu, and those flowers mean sorrow, peace, and happiness instead. So, basically, he was sad for a while after she <laughs> threw him off the cliff, but he found <laughs> peace and eventually found happiness. So he's like, he, he, he was he past her, he wasn't hung up on the past, and he was moving on with his life. The, the, the moral here is dudes rock, we get we move on, and Women will throw you off a cliff and stab you in the back with a fucking sword. And then, you know, also have a backup plan to throw you off another cliff that they're living on. Jeez. Like, if only, like, okay, Misaki's in the music industry. If only she, you know, did her homework and found out that there were new lyrics to this song, maybe she wouldn't have felt like like uh, Tenma was coming after her because she betrayed him like th this is just one mis misunderstanding after another 
Yeah, she doesn't seem too smart. <laughs> oh yeah, like which is weird because she's smart enough to come up with the string tricks, but yeah, like whatever led to that, like that's that doesn't show a lot of uh, intelligence. Completely wild. So Meguri says that Tenma realized that he'd brought Masaki to the point where she had become a murderer. Look, this dude is so nice that he's like, you know what? I'm the reason she threw me off the cliff. I kind of deserve that. I don't know why he thought that. Like, they don't really go into enough detail here, at least in the subs. But uh, that's when he started to sing the song with Sorrow. He then decided to make a deal with the Kana group since he doesn't hate Masaki anymore. And Kegura says... He wished for you to listen to the true Nocturne of Red Love. And that's when Masaki breaks down crying after trying to kill this dude twice. I mean, that's how it often ends. Like, oh. What? Relationships? You, they end you didn't know often. this one piece of information, and now you know, and now she regrets what she did. Yeah, it, it's definitely a trope here. So after the ending song, Ron tells Sonica that Conan got into flower meanings. Conan gifts Ron some flowers that he bought for her, and she's pleased to see such beautiful blossoms. She then says they represent invincibility, and she goes, Conan, <laughs> what do you mean by invincible? She then starts yelling at him while he runs off, and he says to himself, well, That's what I really mean. <laughs> But, okay, but and Conan's signature that, voice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what he sounds like. But Conan was so cute when he gave the bouquet or he was blushing and everything. Oh, it was adorable. How ungrateful is Ron to take offense to these beautiful flowers? <laughs> yeah, all these women are just so ungrateful in this episode. You said it, not me. <laughs> Write them a hit song, they murder you. Be the love of the life, throw you off a cliff. It's bad news. I mean, it's an equal balance. <laughs> Take them on a lovely trip to Hawaii. Get th- <laughs> <What's> like- <laughs> they- Question mark? Hawaii? Did they go to Hawaii? I don't think they went to Hawaii. There was nothing about <laughs> I don't Hawaii. Know where that came from. <laughs> That oh, I will say that the the Conan wiki might have just made that up, but I'm 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 kind of on the Gerard train. Like I think it should have been Gerard. I'm I'm tempted to go to the talk page of this wiki and say, where the hell did Hawaii come from? <laughs> well, the other, okay, if you're gonna do that, the other thing, please ask about. Uh, they said that there's like a an animation error and Meguri has his coat after like Kogoro flings it off the balcony or no whatever. he has his like undercoat yeah it's a different uh, color so I I kid you not I like uh, scrolled through the episode like back and forth trying to find any instance when Meguri had his coat again and I could not find it yeah there's no error he just has a different he has like an under jacket yeah do they, do they not understand? Whatever. <laughs> they make up Hawaii. The Conan wiki. We thought you were so great. <laughs> and you still are a great resource. But you're killing me here. Alright. So the next content is Roman Alphabet. 
And Karen says, next time is a, is that a nine story? Oh, Karen says, what was the voice? I don't remember the voice I was doing. Anyhow, Karen That's says, exactly next time is that a nine. That's exactly what I mean. Karen, Karen, Karen says, next time is that a nine story building? <laughs> and Ron says, lots of the detective boys? <laughs> and Megary says, uh, where's my part? <laughs> Not that great. We've been on. I don't know. I thought these. I, I thought these used to be entertaining, <laughs> but they've been kind of terrible for like a hundred. I think it's just bad translations. But uh, yeah, not to blame the subs yet again. But jeez, I can't. You know, I'm kind of starting to think Jalal wasn't a <laughs> name and was a typo. <laughs> all right, Colleen. We had our laughs. What do you think about this episode overall? Yeah, in all seriousness, I know we pointed out all the mistakes in this but i I actually thought except for the animation error that doesn't exist we defended it there no they said that it does exist i was like i can't find it (laughs) so you made up hawaii and you made up this animation error um but yeah i maybe it is team jalal i'm back in (laughs) i thought it was a pretty strong conclusion like it kept me um intrigued till the end um, I really, <laughs> it's interesting how we, um, thought what, like, what we thought was the core mystery totally morphed into something else. Like, we thought we were just gonna get the whole, like, stalking case, and then there's a murder, and then we realize, okay, there's, anyways, the whole backstory was pretty interesting, even though I was a little fuzzy on some of the details, like, why did she push him off in the end? But that's okay. I'm just rolling with the punches here. I thought it was... To um, kill him. She wanted to kill him. Just to get rid of him. I don't know like, why. I don't love you anymore, <laughs> I guess. How, um, how so yeah, else do you break of- off an engagement other than to throw somebody off pushing, the cliff? Pushing the dude off the cliff, yeah. Oh, they, they did say that. He said, I won't leave you or something. I don't know. It just... Oh, it just so sucks it that like there's not like... thing. It's like, I'm never going to leave you. I don't know. <laughs> It sucks that there's not, like, a uh, manga, like, version of this to actually read and get the proper meaning of. All we have is this one bad... Okay, I don't want to say bad. There's one great subtitle version of Jalal. <laughs> um, that, like, this is the only context we have for this, because I feel like we're missing out on uh, some added stuff. Either that, or it is, like, kind of sloppy written. So it could be either or. Like, the anime originals aren't really best known for connecting all the dots and you know putting thought into everything so it could just be you know a half thanks Koda. uh it could just be a half-assed <laughs> episode but it could also be just you know the subtitles letting us down but i like to believe in jalal so i'm saying it was just half-assed <laughs> it was just that okay and that's a very good like that's a great point um so hopefully one day we'll get like an official english translation and then we'll find out all these, like, gaps. Was there a Hawaii trip? Why did she push him off the cliff? Find out in oh, no. hopefully a few Once years get... when we get an English translation. <laughs> Once they get subbed, do we have to go back and redo all these? Oh, my God. Well, let's just, let's just hey. do this one. Let's make a note Nobody... of going back to this no. <laughs> Nobody's. There will always be more content going. There will always be more content content to do all right so did you like the episode i did it it wasn't bad 
Not bad at all. <laughs> what about you? I thought I liked it, but I don't know after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the uh I thought the ending was like uh, a little bit emotional. It didn't get me to cry or anything, but uh thought it kind of hit home even if she seems really stupid. Uh but like I thought the trick was neat even if this I don't know, they kind of rely a lot on these string puzzles and these string tricks and it's like how do all these people figure this shit out? At least it was something pre-planned and not like, oh, I killed my friend in a fit of rage and then I just instantly thought it up. Like, they do that sometimes and mm-hmm. it's like, come on. Nobody would think of this. But, you know, at Especially least it was pre-planned. the lady who, she... like, used, like, physical force the first time when she tried to murder somebody. So. She's well, at least she had a decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she had a decade to think of something up and I guess... You know, she had this house built for it, so it's like, okay, I can buy it, I guess. But, um, yeah, it was a a decent episode. Didn't really, it could just be the the subtitle stuff, but I didn't feel like it quite hit its potential. Um, but it's still a good episode. Yeah, oh, good point about, like, the potential. I think that the backstory was really interesting, like, that element. It's just too bad that... We didn't get more of it and maybe a little bit more details with, like, what actually happened between the two tragic lovers. Like, that's what interested me. I mean, I could easily go for, like, another part that would hopefully be well-written uh, to explain a little bit more of the backstory. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. We'll rave reviews from us for this episode. It's not bad. It's pretty okay. Kind of weird. Well, at least it gave us Jalal. Yeah, we'll, we'll always have Jalal from the first part, and then I'm Jalal. I'm gonna I'm sticking with Gerard. Jalal. See, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we broke this up in the two weeks? Because otherwise, we would have never had the Jalal Gerald debate. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> Coda, thank God, my dog's being so bad. Oh. Koda wants to join. He wants to be a host. No, Koda. Just go. Go do something. Alright, so we want to give Patreon thanks to Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and to the Big Chief Mason. We also got a new patron, but I don't have the name, so give me one second. (laughs) Is it Jalal? I wish it was Jalal. So, we have a new Patreon. Shout out to Michael. Usually, I don't see the last name. Usually, I don't do the last name, but this guy just has two first names. So, I feel fine saying it. Shout out to Michael Andrew. Who, uh... That's a cool Hi, name. Michael. Shout out to Michael Andrew. Or and- Michael Andrew. It's like... Michael Andrew. Are you an artist? Mike- that's what I was thinking. My gosh, we're on the same wavelength. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank so- you, everyone. Thanks for making this podcast possible. For making this conversation about a, like... A mediocre episode that we actually liked possible. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. That's real cool. So we always love getting uh, some new people, and we'll have new episodes. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, we should—they should all be live on the site. So you know, there'll be new episodes of Yaiba, Detective, uh, Magic, Magic Kaido, and uh, Case <laughs> Closed. It's all—it's all good stuff, right, Kaido? 
Yeah. Oh, now he, he doesn't it. say my anything. Dog, <laughs> my dog's excited. He's excited about it. So I'm check excited out the for him to hear about it. I. Yeah. I mean, Ow. I have a lot of. Oh, was that Coda? <laughs> yeah, the f- fucker bit me. But oh, uh. I mean, he was playing, but. <laughs> yeah. Bastard bites hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Next episode, we're going to cover two more anime originals on the next podcast. It's going to be The Big Investigation of the Nine Doors and A Dangerous Recipe. I thought it was The Nine Floors. I thought it was a nine-story building. Those dang subtitles again. Or is it the Conan Wiki that's doing us dirty? That's the Conan Wiki. (laughs) Uh, But it might have been the subtitles were wrong. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I think, okay, so it is nine floors, but I think they investigate nine, like, apartments in the building. So I think there is nine. So let's let's give them both credit here. I think they're both right. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, lots of drama. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with that. And uh, until next time, Team Jalal. <laughs> Team Gerard. And remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>